0: The shocks of moving to a brand new country, and the differences between where we live now and where we lived before, coming up on the foreign exchange.
1: This is a line
0: service to Please
1: stand back from the train doors.
0: Kia ora koutou katoa. Welcome to the Foreign Exchange. My name is Jaden. And my name is Matthew. And uh, welcome to episode two of the Foreign Exchange. We're really, really happy that you're here to join us today for this episode. This is our second episode overall and the first episode of us talking about kind of the big life stuff that we were going to talk about. Uh, That We said in the last episode, and today we're going to be covering the culture shocks and the first initial impressions, what it was like to move to a different country. Uh, So we think you'll enjoy that. I think most of you will find this more interesting than the transport and infrastructure stuff. But for the nerds who are listening to this, I know there are three of you. We'll get back to the fun stuff next week. Well, some people are interested in both. Some people are interested in both. Who knows? So don't
1: forget to give us a follow on Instagram. That's at foreign exchange podcast at foreign exchange podcast and join our discord community
0: server and the link is on our instagram fantastic folks we're not going to do a news bulletin today we're just going to get straight into it and we're going to talk about kind of first you know what our our background is uh, before we get there and we've got this kind of planned out so i'll go first Uh, so I, i was born in new zealand i've lived in east auckland for most of my life i still live in east auckland now Uh, but I was born and raised up in East Auckland for 13 years. And we got an opportunity to move to the USA and we wanted to take it because it gave us opportunities as a a family for for work and for my brother and I for school and possible future careers as well. But my dad's family had moved in 1994 to Nashville uh, in the United States Uh, and they were setting up a school there. And my dad was doing a bit of university and he continued his university time in tennessee uh, he moved back and got married in 2001 in new zealand and then my parents had tried to move to new york in 2001 for some work and then 9 11 happened so that didn't end up happening uh, but my grandparents had sponsored some visas for us to move there when i was born then it took about 13 years for them to show up again and in 2018 we started discussing the possibility of moving Once we started getting everything through and then we had our interview process, which was actually quite easy, despite how long it took to get it. And other 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. It's a very long time to wait for this kind of thing.
1: Efficiency 101. Imagine having to take a photo to get the visa then and then.
0: I know. I mean, no, you don't have to take the photo 13 years ago. We took the photos before we had our interview. But, But still. Yeah, no, it's a ridiculously long time to wait. Uh, but yeah that's kind of my background before moving that's why we moved we had family over there and we were looking for opportunity but it took a while for us to to get a hold of those visas so matthew you go ahead and uh, talk about your background before you moved so i was born in hong kong raised in hong kong and then i always had
1: family in new zealand my grandparents are here my auntie and uncle are here and grew up in hong kong made a lot of friends was really happy like a, I belonged, I liked everything, but I decided to move to New Zealand because I wanted a little seasoning to my life. New I Zealand has like, a lot of
0: seasoning, you know. New Zeal- yes. New Zealand's just, just the this, this, this salt of the world. you got to love New Zealand. New Zealand is so amazing. We totally have nothing wrong with us whatsoever.
1: Actually, yeah, that's what I thought when I wanted to move
0: here. <laughs> wow, fresh air.
1: You get your own house. You have a lot of space you can do yoga in the living room without having to move any furniture not that (laughs) do yoga
0: anyway but you can actually for those who do that uh but yeah we can get into that in the culture shocks uh section we can
1: actually like
0: move around in the toilets
1: not that cramped and (laughs) i had new zealand citizenship anyway so
0: i can just move anytime and get the free education or the
1: taxpayer pay
0: so that's kind of our background there so for me, when we moved, my whole family moved. Um, Matthew obviously moved on his own to New Zealand. Uh, but me and my whole family, we moved to the USA. We first moved in with our with our grandparents that had sponsored us to get over there just to kind of get settled and start looking for places. Uh, but they were in the process of uh, moving and selling their house. So they were actually back on their way to New Zealand when we got there. So that was... A bit of a shame, but we still had my, my dad's sister and, and her kids over there. So we we'd still had some family over there, which was, which was nice. And after you know, as our grandparents was selling the house, we were living in a hotel for about two weeks, which was the longest two weeks of my entire life. It felt like a two months living in that hotel in Franklin off two weeks
1: in a hotel
0: yeah oh it's, it's almost That's like not miq i, I want i wonder what isolation is you know uh, you know looking back at it now we did get a bit of a precursor to covid our whole experience kind of living away from a whole lot of people not really being able to get out and doing as much as we wanted to because of our situation moving we were in a bit of a, a lockdown state and so when covid hit it wasn't that much of a change for us we didn't have school when we first moved there we were off school for about four months so we had a lot of time off school. So we we're already kind of used to the idea of not being at school for a long period of time. Uh, but that's getting a bit off off topic. We were trying to find a house, and it was quite painful, and that's why we were in the hotel. And we eventually did find a house, and that was fantastic. It was a miracle. But the other pain as well, aside from just the house, which took a little bit longer, was was schooling. And the schooling situation, it was really hard to find a good school. The school All that public I'd, schools. Yeah, they're all public schools. Uh, Private schools are so expensive in the US. I mean, university and private schools are just ridiculous. But the public schools, we'd toured a couple, we're trying to figure out where to live, and I'd been through a few, and I was just... It was the worst time trying to find schools in the US, and we were living in Williamson County, Tennessee. And Williamson County schools overall is, is fantastic. There was just one school that we went to that had really discouraged kind of the whole point of going for me. Uh, We did end up looking at another school, which ended up being pretty good, uh, a school called Thompson Station Middle School in in Thompson Station, Tennessee. That was an interesting experience, and we'll talk about that a bit more later. But we did eventually find a school, and we found houses, and we moved. And yeah, so that was kind of the initial moving experience. That's what that was like for for me. Uh, Matthew, do you want to talk about what it was like when, when you moved to New Zealand? So I was
1: 12 when I decided to move. The idea was for my whole family to move here, but I could get a head start because I wanted to and my parents allowed me to. Actually, I might not have wanted to. Or did I? It's just the homesickness. That's the only problem I thought that could be when I live here. Anyways, so in January 2019, I hopped on a flight to Australia because we wanted to just stop off there in Australia anyway. We could have a little holiday in Melbourne. Which also meant that we had all of our stuff with us in Melbourne. That was not fun. Then we moved to Auckland. I arrived in Auckland on the 24th of January 2019, so that is less than two weeks until I start school. It was not fun trying to just sort everything out in two weeks. Get uniforms, buy by table, by chair, by wardrobe, by whatever. So I stayed at a spare room in my grandparents' place. So I was essentially living with my grandparents now, and my cousin. So stuff went really, really differently in a different house. First of all, I'm in a different, essentially in a different family now, but how the day went just was completely different in the house. You might say that's normal, Every family does things differently, but New Zealand does things differently to any other country in the world.
0: Yeah, it is very different. And I'll speak to that a bit in the US sense too. But yeah, the way that New Zealand home life operates and day-to-day business as a family operates, for lack of a better term, it's very different than it is overseas, especially driving and transport and stuff. We've both got different stories there. So cool. I think... Let's get talking on the culture shocks of, you know, what is so different about these places now that we've got a background onto what it was like to move in the first place. So Matthew, if you want to start with, you know, what it was like in Hong Kong, you know, and moving to New Zealand, what were the culture shocks when you first got here? The first culture shock that I got here was actually at the airport. I...
1: Went off the plane, went through passport check, and then got my bags, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we got stuck in this huge queue at customs. I mean, it's kind of typical for New Zealand, but I was just so not used to being in such a huge queue because when you arrive at Hong Kong Airport, you could potentially hop on the airport train in
0: like. You think that's a big queue? You should try. Forty-five lining up minutes. At L- you should try lining up at LAX. That's a big uh, queue. <laughs> I- I've heard the stories, but
1: um. Actually, now it doesn't really matter because it takes at least 14 days. True. COVID. But what I've realised, it's, it's just not waiting at customs. It's not just waiting at customs. It's getting food.
0: Waiting for whatever. Deliveries. Let's, uh, delivery, yes. Deliveries is a Delivery huge is a one. big one. <laughs> Deliveries in New Zealand are not Ridiculous. world Ridiculous. They're so not very good. The wait times that you get in New Zealand, like most of the time, if you order something online, you tend to wait between, you know, one to six weeks. Whereas in the US, you would wait a night and it would be there in the morning when you ordered something off Amazon. And most people where I lived had Amazon Prime. And so you'd get, you know, free shipping overnight. And so you'd get it on anything you wanted off Amazon on your doorstep the next day. It was really great and the tracking was really good everything basically had a tracking number to it whereas in new zealand sometimes you never know where anything is uh, maybe it's just lost in the mail or whatever yeah exactly
1: in hong kong when we got deliveries we because we lived in a in an apartment we didn't really want to have like parcel waiting for us downstairs or get the mailman to come upstairs so we would assign the delivery to a place downstairs that's just a ton of lockers there and then we would have to physically go to the locker and just pick our stuff up which isn't really an issue we know when our stuff is there it's pretty convenient
0: that is pretty convenient amazon set up these lockers where you could basically you could either send it to your house or get it sent to an amazon locker and if you're with prime it would be completely free and we live next to a whole foods so the these whole foods because amazon had a partnership i believe i'm not sure if amazon owns them or not i don't I can't remember that off the top of my head. They at least have a partnership with them and they set up these lockers that they would tell you the code and everything to get into them and they'd drop your package off there and we'd just walk up or pick up packages from the locker on the way home if, you know, we didn't want to leave it on our doorstep because, you know, there's the odd chance that somebody could nick something off your doorstep that was quite expensive. So it was nice to be able to have those lockers and because we live next to the Whole Foods, it was good. It was just a short walk if we needed to do that or just a drive back from home. But yeah, the delivery infrastructure in uh, both of these countries. Um, uh, were the deliveries fast in Hong Kong? I don't have much experience
1: on delivery. But right. Mostly when we buy stuff, we go in store. In the very rare chance that we actually get delivery, it's just we get stuff shipped from the mainland. So that takes about like
0: a few days. Right. Yeah, no, stuff was just so fast in, in the US and New Zealand is not good at all because they don't deliver on Sundays. Like there's no such thing as they won't deliver on a Saturday from Amazon. If you order something, they'll deliver on a Saturday. In New Zealand, very rarely are you gonna get Saturday deliveries.
1: Nothing nothing delivers on Saturday or Sunday. And there isn't even even if you do if you do a bank to bank transfer in New Zealand on like 10pm on Friday. It wouldn't land in the account until like 10am Monday.
0: I think that's kind of a, a global thing though. Most, most of the time back-to-back transfers anywhere in the world, are, they don't do them over the weekend.
1: Actually, actually, just go to the ATM, take money out, and then just drop it off at
0: the other ATM. Yeah, that'll be faster. And then you do
1: whatever transfers. Exactly. If. Another thing about efficiency is waiting for food. You could pop in a KFC and you order a bucket of chicken and it takes 20 minutes to arrive in New Zealand. 20 minutes is a very long wait. I'm assuming it was faster un- than
0: that in Hong Kong. Yeah.
1: KFC McDonald's, they do things pretty quickly in Hong Kong. You'd right. usually get it within like 5, 10 minutes. That's pretty good. Uh, Although of- in New Zealand, you can just hop up to- pop up to the drive-thru and your orders usually prioritize that way.
0: Right. One of the things that I was shocked by, drive through wise and food wise, was Chick Fil A's drive through system. Holy moly! Chick Fil A is got a world class drive through. They are, I think most people know at least. Hopefully, they know from social media and stuff. You know, Chick Fil A is this Christian place. It's it's friendly. It's great. I, I love that about Chick Fil A, but. When you drive through, they have just this efficient kind of almost multi-lane system. You've got two streams of cars going through at once and they have two people on either side and they just pump food out. And they know you by name. They know you by car. They know the, the color of your car and they bring your food out no matter where you are in the queue. And you can kind of peel off when you get off to a certain point. But their drive through, they have so many people pumping through those drive-thrus throughs day. And it, you know, there, are, there have been cases where it's been backed up. There's never been any case where it hasn't been relatively quick, even if the, the line seems long. And, you know, Chick-fil-A is fantastic. It's delicious. So that's another culture shock. It's like, wow, fried chicken. That's really, really, really good in all these different places. You know, a Popeye's is a better in some ways, but Chick-fil-A was always a classic for me when I got there. But, yeah, that was one of the big shocks. It's just how well some of these fast food chains did their drive throughs and how fast they, they moved through. Oh, yes, it's kind of irrelevant for me in Hong Kong because
1: drive-thrus, they don't exist.
0: Right, because, you know, most of the time because, people walking well, everywhere. Because, just transport. walk
1: everywhere. Just walk, public transport, cycling doesn't really exist unless you're in the suburbs or the so-called suburbs. Right. Another difference in efficiency is non-fast food restaurants, I mean, it, they might not be called fast food restaurants, but they're kind of really quick. You would have these waiters with this. Almost like a bad tone, telling you to order faster. <laughs> so they'd
0: want you to order quickly. <laughs> yeah. So
1: order faster. Uh, there's, there's so many people waiting behind you wanting <laughs> to you order faster. Uh. And then fun. when you when you just finish eating, someone walks you. Hey, can you
0: please pay and go? There's
1: so many people waiting in the line. <laughs> but, and this is like this is unheard of in New Zealand. Like.
0: Yeah. People taking their time speak, you know, and even then for New Zealand, New Zealand is quite quick compared to the U S because they just leave you there and they're like, take your time, take as long as you need. And they'll give you a, they'll come around with a check. You don't go up to the front to pay. No, they let you lazily wait, looking at how much you've spent. And most of the time people will wait 30 minutes before they pay. They don't care. They like having people in their restaurants because most of the time these restaurants are so far away from where people live. Like I had to drive 15 minutes to get to, you know, a lot of the major shopping areas that I was in and, you know, that's where all the restaurants were. So, you know, it's not like they've got a lot of people waiting outside walking there. It's very hard to walk anywhere. in, you know, Franklin, Nashville, Tennessee. I also forgot to mention that our family moved to Nashville where my grandparents were not, we didn't move to anywhere else in the U S we moved to Nashville where they were. And then we kind of moved a bit further south of Nashville into Franklin. Uh, You can look that up on a map if you like. But yeah, it was very far to drive everywhere. And so, you know, the people would just wait around and it wouldn't be that much of an issue. I think another issue that we uh, have, or not really an issue, but a shock, is the size of the houses. I'm gonna let you go about this first because I feel like you probably have a, a much more drastic difference between the size of the houses. Well, my house in New Zealand is about twice as big Is the one
1: in Hong Kong, but actually in mental terms, that might be 10 million times bigger. Is there any difference in house sizes
0: in the US compared to New Zealand? For how much you pay for them, yep. (laughs) Like um, in Tennessee, you could buy a five bedroom house with two living rooms for maybe 500,000 US dollars which in a in New Zealand dollars is about 800,000 to 900,000 New Zealand dollars. You can buy in New Zealand for 1.2 million dollars, a much smaller house with possibly only four bedrooms. Most of the time they were built in the 70s or the 60s. They need work on them. And if you want to get a new house, good luck spending anything lower than 1.3-1.4 million. Some houses in, out here in East Auckland go for 1.9 million. So yes, there is a massive difference in sizes of houses, especially for how much you pay in rent and how much you pay uh overall in, 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 for for prices of houses.
1: I'd assume the average house would be about the same size.
0: Yes, but they are much cheaper in the at least in the Franklin, Tennessee area. And even then people say Franklin's expensive. It's not expensive compared to New Zealand and it's it, definitely it's... not uh, there are some parts of the US don't get me wrong that are very expensive like Cal- New York California. city New York City California are very like California most of the places on the west coast are very expensive to live weird we, I can tell yeah uh, and the taxes are, ta- taxes are mad in California I'm from at least from when I remember they were higher than the taxes we had in New Zealand and New Zealand still managed to provide government healthcare for its citizens, and California had higher taxes. So... Wow. Yeah.
1: It's it's just used to maintain the, the so many highways that LA has, and that's...
0: Yeah, I feel like some states in the US aren't very good at managing their money. New
1: Zealand might not be as well.
0: Um, New Zealand's better at managing its money than some parts just of the don't US don't do is. tunneled light rail. Yeah, don't do tunneled light rail. It's, it's
1: a money-sucking black hole.
0: Exactly. There's many better solutions, speaking of which, we'll plug a future episode in here, but we will do an episode eventually on on light rail and our ideas to replace it rather than just rambling about everything that's wrong with tunneled light rail and yelling at the government. We're actually going to come up with some constructive solutions, but that's in the future. We'll keep going with this. Um, Anything else you want to add about houses? Back to house sizes in
1: Hong Kong. Yes. What houses? Only apartments. And right. you can imagine how big apartments are. In Hong Kong, mine is a three or four bedroom house. Right. It's about a hundred meters squared. So it's quite big for Hong Kong. Looking at it, it feels pretty cramped. We didn't have an open kitchen, so it sucked to be in the kitchen without any proper ventilation. Mm. And we would have a lot of stuff, so that would go everywhere. Actually, we just had a lot of cupboards. So in Hong Kong, my 100 meter squared apartment would go for about 2.8 or 2.9 million New Zealand dollars. Wow. So stop complaining about New Zealand's house price. (laughs) Next. Yeah, Hong Kong, that seems mad. It's, It's just down to government policy. Like, we have pretty low taxes in Hong Kong. The maximum tax rate you would get in Hong Kong is 17%. That's the maximum. Most people don't get up to that 17%. But right. How the Hong Kong government makes money is they they sell these plots of land to property developers, and then the property developers just sell the place to you. And it's, actually, it's not selling. It's just leasing it for 99 years. Right. So who knows what would happen after 99 years <laughs> or earlier.
0: Okay, so just kind of talking about house prices and things, I think it's a good segue into cost of living. Uh, one of the biggest living cost differences I saw, at least on the surface, was food. Because food prices on the menu were quite a lot lower. Even when you, you know, ex- did the currency exchange situation and you saw the prices, it was you know, quite a bit cheaper to buy food on the surface. But then you add on the taxes that they don't put in part of the prices. And then you add on the, the tip that you have to give because the waiters don't get salaries. And then the cost of food ends up being quite similar. Other things, though, are quite a bit cheaper. You know, especially delivery, it tends to be free. And so that makes buying stuff cheaper. You can kind of get anything from anywhere because you're not driving places. I think one of the biggest differences was the price of technology, like phones and general electrical gear was much cheaper in the US, even after currency exchange and tax. So that's one of the things that I, I do miss about that. But it was just a massive shock is, oh my gosh, I can actually get stuff now.
1: So for me, the shock I felt was, everything is so expensive here. Like, on one of the first days I've arrived in New Zealand, we went to Snow Planet and... We saw wedges selling for fifteen dollars. Oh that, my
0: goodness!
1: Wow, that is so freaking expensive. If but you
0: see wedges for six bucks, you wouldn't buy them. Fifteen dollars—that's mad for New uh, Zealand standards. I feel like standards. six bucks would be like, but too expensive. But fifteen dollars.
1: Thinking about it now, it's actually kind of okay for the location. Fifteen dollars plus they—I think it came with like quite some bacon. They, they added like bacon guess.
0: to it, so it was like loaded wedges. Yeah, ah, loaded wedges. Okay, all right. Uh, well, that, that makes more sense. Th- that makes sense. But still, but, fifteen bucks for that? Like you can get some meals at some places for fifteen bucks that are much bigger than that. And uh, that. fifteen bucks, even in New Zealand. So that's that's a bit mad. That's weird.
1: Yeah, I was going from like you could get a full meal in Hong Kong for like six bucks with a drink. To like this fifteen bucks for wedges,
0: but you can get a meal for five bucks in at fast food restaurants in the USA with a drink. But yeah, much much cheaper.
1: Like nine dollars for like
0: one Big Mac here. Oh my gosh, that's un- it's so expensive just for fast like, food. Has, you think it's like
1: cheap? A fillet o fish in Hong Kong for about two dollars.
0: Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that we have now in New Zealand is Taco Bell and it's a lot more expensive than it is in the U.S., and I initially thought that it was, you know, oh, okay, they're doing the, you know, if you live in New Zealand, like Mad Max or other takeaway Mexican places where you can get burritos and, and et cetera, and it would be like that in quality. But actually, no, it's the same quality as U.S. Taco Bell, but three times as expensive. <laughs> and so I, think taco, you, I think Taco Bell in New Zealand is pretty
1: comparable to other fast food.
0: Yeah. If you like if you're listening from the US, I know there are a few of you who are. You know Taco Bell's, you know, one or two dollars um for for food and you can get more expensive things, but like it'll cost you nine to ten to twelve to fourteen dollars for burritos and tacos and things here in New Zealand. It's it's mad how expensive it is. So yeah, cost of living in general is just really high. When I moved to New Zealand, I was pretty shocked at
1: uh, Hong Kong actually having this concept of time based pricing for food, right? Food will be cheaper like, during non lunch or dinner hours, and, and it doesn't exist here. Mm. Like, not that anyone would eat during like like three or four pm.
0: Yeah, New Zealanders would riot if there was time based pricing because they would be yelling at the <laughs> drive through, being like. I don't know why that cost that much. I bought that five hours ago and it was cheaper than that. They'd be like, sorry, <laughs> sir, we, we, we change our prices during the day. <laughs> why do you change your prices during the day? It's mental. That's ridiculous. Uh, so we want
1: to encourage people to eat at odd times, like 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. or 11 p.m. so we can encourage <laughs> a more unhealthy lifestyle.
0: Well, I don't care. The customers have their rights. The customer's are always right. I heard that in some American movie somewhere.
1: Okay, the customer's right, but you still gotta pay. I don't want to pay. I have my rights.
0: You just have someone yelling like that through the window in New Zealand if that happened.
1: About electronics. Electronics are actually quite cheap in Hong Kong. There's this one place you'd get, like, really cheap electronics, like... Chargers or headphones. It
0: doesn't surprise me you literally living right next to China where most of the world's electronics are being pumped out of.
1: Yeah. Everything is like, there'll be these shops, they just sell random stuff for really cheap, like post it notes or headphones or pens. Right.
0: So just uh, general living stuff was quite a few
1: times cheaper than like the warehouse or
0: Kmart. Right. Kmart. Wow. That's impressive. I don't really
1: check prices that much, but I know New Zealand is wee bit more expensive.
0: Yeah, overall well, New a Zealand's a more, more expensive place to live and especially these days with our inflation so high um, it's not getting any easier. When we came back to New Zealand this is kind of a culture shock when I came home is just how much things had risen in price when I came back. It was like, oh, I'm sorry, that cost that much on the menu? What? Like, There's things that were $15 on the menu that were like $24 now. It almost gone up 10 bucks and I'd only been gone for a year and three quarters, almost two years. It's not, it wasn't that long and they just rocketed up. It was mental.
1: When I went back to Hong Kong,
0: there were basically two worlds, like two categories of shops. Like
1: on one hand, you would have these really cheap restaurants. Maybe only a local would know how to get in there. On the other hand, you'd have these places like Starbucks, let's say, Mm -hmm. and their stuff would be, like, multiple times more expensive. Like, for the price of a Starbucks frappuccino,
0: you could get, like, a whole meal. And just as I was saying, speaking of food, what was the kind of the culture shocks of food like when you got into New Zealand? What, how different was the food?
1: Like, Hong Kong is pretty known to be a foodie's paradise. Right. I'd love to go
0: to Hong so Kong. So New
1: Zealand, first of all, being in my house, I, the nearest restaurant would be like a ten-minute walk away, but I know I live in a pretty convenient location. But still, in Hong Kong, I could just walk down the street and see whatever restaurants there are, and decide, look at the menus, and then oh, ha- I'll I'll have this one. Just go in and eat. But in New Zealand, because we have to drive anywhere, everywhere, the only places you would know to get information about restaurants is probably like. Google Maps or some Facebook groups or walking around. So we would go to the same places every time and I would probably order the same thing.
0: Right. Food in the US was so different and we'll touch on this in the vocabulary section as well, but there were so many, you know, new things that I hadn't really tried before. I had no idea what biscuits for breakfast was. I'd always known biscuits to be like cookies. You know, like
1: a little snack, basically.
0: Yeah, not, not, these not a breakfast scone things almost that are just dusted with salt. They're almost entirely salt with, you know, dough in the middle and a bit of butter. And, you know, the idea of having fried chicken for breakfast and, you know, what on earth are grits? What are grits? What are grits supposed to be? Why do I eat them? Why do I want to eat them? They're these strange things you have with eggs and biscuits and gravy and you know i actually had grits one time and i was like yes yeah, it's quite good there was this restaurant called biscuit love in franklin biscuit love is awesome i love biscuit love i miss biscuit love and they did biscuits and gravy and grits and it it was good it was very good but it was getting used to those different kinds of foods some of the other american stuff like you know what's a philly cheesesteak what even is a cheesesteak why is it philly oh philadelphia Okay. And you learn all these different things, you know, how, what goes into it all. The way they make food is different. The way they think about food is different. You know, you've got Thanksgiving as well. You know, all the different meals you'd make, especially in the South. Sweet potato casserole, which is amazing. Uh, you've got cornbread and you'd have mac and cheese. There's a saying in the South, mac and cheese is a vegetable, and I happen to agree with that statement. Mac and cheese is great. Mac and cheese is great, especially southern mac and cheese. Southern mac and cheese is the best. You haven't tried mac and cheese until you've been to the south and tried mac and cheese. Just not the craft mac and cheese stuff. That's not real mac and cheese. No, real mac and cheese is is good home-cooked mac and cheese. It's delicious. Thanksgiving (laughs) was, was great. That was another culture shock, getting used to Thanksgiving dinners and Thanksgiving food. It was good, though. Can you give me an example of the kiwi food? The kiwi food? What do you mean, the kiwi food?
1: Like, food that's, like, something great that you can get in
0: New Zealand. Something great you can get in New Zealand.
1: That's sort of exclusive to New Zealand.
0: Sort of exclusive to New Zealand. Now, I'm going to offend every Australian who is watching this, but you've got yourself meat pies. I mean, British people, too. You know, if you live in somewhere like the US or Hong Kong, you know, did you have mince and cheese pies or potato top pies? We would have these
1: chicken pies, but they were pretty small, like...
0: Right. You know, about
1: the, the mince savoury, right. that size. Yeah,
0: so we had kind of the opposite in the US. We didn't have anything, well, <laughs> same deal, we didn't have, you know, mince and cheese, steak and cheese pies or anything like that, but we did have chicken pies. They tended to be larger the chicken pot pies. pot pies. Yeah, so in New Zealand, that's kind of one of your more exclusive things. And I'm not going to get into politics about, you know, whether Australia's pies or New Sorry, Zealand pies I are better. Feel like
1: look, I feel like chicken pot pies are just like, like crusty canned soup. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, that's 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 funny, but I think before, I before in, we move on, I think one thing that's important that we can both agree on, and Australians and New Zealanders can agree on, is that our pies are better than British pies, anyways. Continue.
1: Well, I arrived in New Zealand and I thought New Zealand food was really crappy <laughs> like, wow. really, really crappy. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm being honest,
0: that's fine. Like, I mean, you lived in Hong Kong, which was, you know, the foodie's paradise. You're gonna have like, the amazing food. I don't food like everything. There. Everything that seems to be pies,
1: or if you walk into like a cafe, you want something to eat.
0: It's more like cold food. That's how it is. Uh. Yeah, there's a bakery and, up there and road. a chocolate bar. And chocolate bars. Yeah, you You got the bakery, and so no, you got the bakery, and then you got the dairy. Dairy. Yes, no, but you've got them both. You get the chocolate bars from the dairy, and you get your pies and your other things from the bakery, and they're kind of both in the same place. They're always in every neighbourhood. You've always got a dairy to walk to, or a bakery to walk to, and you get the bakery food, and that's kind of quintessential Kiwi. You've also got the takeaway shops, which has got fish and chips, and you know hot dogs and sticks. You just get
1: takeaways.
0: Yeah. And you get these crappy little cheeseburgers that are there for the people who don't want to get fish and chips. So that tends to be everything me. seems to be everything seems to be fried
1: like fish and chips. It's oh, just all fried you think, except
0: the tomato sauce. You think every, I, mean, I, I bet you somebody's done fried tomato sauce, uh, but you think everything's fried here. Actually, no, mm. I think I find that more there's more fried things in New Zealand than there were in the south. That's interesting. Fish and the chips and
1: everything comes with chips because. And that's fried and that's... Uh. I'm,
0: t- I'm telling you, the only place I've seen fish and chips in the USA while I was there was at the three broomsticks at Universal Studios Orlando, the Harry Potter section. Is it like section.
1: serving some, like, international food uh, No,
0: stuff? it was serving British food because it was Harry Potter.
1: Basically international food. It's just yeah. Trying to replicate some other country.
0: It was good. I mean, I mean, nothing beats classic fish and chips on the beach. I mean, it's not fantastic, but it's it's... Nostalgic. It's you grow up with it in New Zealand. If you haven't been to New Zealand though, it makes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah. So just to summarize, New Zealand food, meh. It's okay. I I think I like it more than you probably like it. You know, it's it's definitely I think the South, at least in the US, had better I, overall food. The quality of the food was just so good. I some still places. don't know what Kiwis eat for dinner. We kind of eat anything. I mean, for me, it's been spaghetti bolognese, some days, steak, lamb. Uh, lamb's a big thing in New Zealand. I'm sure you've realised huh. that by now.
1: More sheep than people, right?
0: <laughs> more sheep than people. You've got to deal you know with what? the overpopulation Australia somehow. Australia does as
1: well. I've heard of it numerous mm-hmm. times.
0: Yeah, but New but Zealand gets the don't really care sheep people jokes more often. I know that firsthand. Like, it seems that it's only the videos with strange people saying, oh, New Zealand's that place with lots of sheep, eh? Do you, oh, it's, more have sheep, have a sheep than people, but like <laughs> no. Here's like, the thing: in the US, people were asking me, "Oh, yeah, did you like she- see sheep around here and things like that?" I'm like, "No." Uh, <laughs> they were in. I can't in imagine like
1: like you walk down Queen Street in Auckland, you see a sheep around the corner. No, that's not going to happen.
0: Not yet. Who knows what'll happen in the next ten years? The world's already crazy. Maybe you'll see sheep running up <laughs> Queen Street at some point.
1: <laughs> no, it should be the opposite. More sheep being killed. There's a lot of demand
0: for meat. Who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a, a a weird sheep uprising that'll run down Queen Street and start taking over New Zealand, instituting its own government. Who knows? The world's a crazy place. Anyway. Anyways, Anyways uh, I think another big thing that was different was the weather. What was the weather like, you know, coming to New Zealand compared to Hong Kong?: So weird.: Yes. Very similar experience, yeah. What was so different? Last week, we had Cyclone Dovey. I, I'd wake up to like
1: 24 degrees. Like, it was so hot. So hot. Like, I was like drenched in sweat. And then like a few days later, I would wake up to 12.
0: And it was so cold. Yeah, the weather is so weird in New Zealand. It tends to change really basically, quickly.
1: Basically, that just summarizes
0: everything. Mm.
1: Well, in Hong Kong, this wouldn't this wouldn't happen,
0: but is it typically humid in Hong Kong or no? It is so freaking humid. <laughs> That's what I thought. Is it
1: I'm assuming like it means? Those it's quite days, hard. like those days when it was really humid in New Zealand, I've like, ah, I'm used to it.
0: Yeah, same here. Those days. <laughs> but I'm assuming most of the time in Hong Kong it's humid. Where in New Zealand it changes a little bit. It's really humid, it's
1: it, it's quite hot. It would get for three seasons of the year, it would go, like, above 20. Actually, when I went to Hong Kong in December 2019, which is essentially the middle of winter, hopped off the plane and it was 26 degrees. Like, what? Wow. It's, like, hotter, hotter than the New Zealand summer. But it, it just was a particularly hot day, but still. Right. In Hong Kong, if the temperature goes below 20, everyone will have their hoodies on
0: that's hilarious in New Zealand if it but, goes down to 18 or 16 15 people will still be wearing shorts t-shirts like one t-shirt and uh,
1: I'm kind of I'm kind of used to the New Zealand way of life here yeah just pop on a t-shirt and put on a jacket bring a jacket and uh, an umbrella no, we don't need that
0: I anymore. don't even I bring walk. a jacket or an umbrella I just go out just shorts walk. t-shirt just... and I'm i, I don't
1: I never wear shorts yeah
0: the weather in Tennessee when we got there, holy moly! There's, there's this, this kind of this mentality in in Tennessee. There are two weeks of the year that are fantastic. They're perfect weather. It's not too hot, not too cold. The rest is just extremely miserable. It's either too humid, too hot, like burn your face hot. It'll either be snowing, there'll be ice on the roads, or it'll be below Very zero safe. Celsius. Oh, it's so much fun. And the, the temperatures I had one day were so humid that it was like 105 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 41 degrees Celsius. That, and there that was, would
1: never be in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, no, 41 degrees Celsius. In Hong and Kong, there was, like 32 is very hot. There was condensation on the windows because it was so hot, not because it was raining, <sighs> but because it was so hot. It was unbelievable. Um, and because houses in the U.S. have centralized air conditioning, but you know that's why that happens. The temperature is different on the inside than it is on the outside. It did make, though, going inside quite a relief because it would always be quite cool if it was hot outside. It would always be a bit warm if it was cold outside. But in New Zealand, it's either your house is freezing or it's burning and it's humid. It's so bad. That was one of the culture shocks I had coming back. You know, yeah. coming back to the way houses that temperature are, was, it was so hot because we came back in the summer. Missed generally, acid. around the world, houses are designed to
1: either keep warmth in or just keep cool. I feel like New Zealand, it's, we just get the worst of both worlds. We it gets too cold
0: or too hot. Yeah. Now, the, the weather was weird. One of the things that I, I saw for the first time in Tennessee was fork lightning Touched down on the ground. I'd never seen that in New Zealand before. I'd only seen flashes and heard thunder. You'd never really see fork lightning in the sky. Whereas in Tennessee, you'd look up. It'd be just, you know, before summer or end of summer. And you would see these massive thunderstorms roll in with lightning touching down. And And then In the US,
1: you would have this thing called tornado.
0: Yes, we did. And in Nashville, while we were there, Nashville tragically got obliterated in some ways uh in some parts of nashville got obliterated by this massive tornado Uh, speaking of tornadoes i had a tornado warning come up i was at high school a uh, school called renaissance high school in williamson county and i was at the library next door and i was studying i was doing some some work just to catch up so i didn't have to do anything at home and then I started hearing emergency alerts go off on other people's phones. And I'm like, hmm, what's that about? And I looked at mine and I was like, oh, no, we've got an emergency alert. And I just started, you know, getting my things together. We went into a hallway. They directed us all. Um, I was looking at Nashville's severe weather. There was this Twitter page and YouTube live stream in Nashville. It was these fantastic, you know, independent meteorologists who, who look at the stuff, who are very good at what they do and they gave all the information so you know it felt quite safe but you could just see the wind bashing up against the windows as soon as the tornado warning had passed we were allowed back into the library so you know the main area and you could just see the trees being thrashed around the wind you know creaking up against the glass it, the weather would get pretty pretty freaky in Tennessee it was yeah it was, it could get it could get wild it would go both ways and New Zealand is less wild but then again you don't have centralized AC in homes so it feels awful inside which is not so fun but yeah other than that well, I think one of the big things that is different between the two countries I mean me going to the US and then you coming from Hong Kong to New Zealand was public transport and the difference is there so if you want to start actually you know what I'll start because because it's short I'll start because it's, it's short uh New Zealand has public transport Tennessee does not have public transport at all Well, barely. They've got these little bus services that go around Franklin and then a couple of buses in Nashville, and they've got sometimes trains that take people across to different cities, across the state and across the country. But public transport is not... Yeah, Amtrak. Public transport is not key to Tennessee at all. It's all driving most of the time. There was never once we used public transport. The opposite is true for Hong Kong, so I'll let you get into that.
1: Name... Like, any place in Hong Kong could be, like, anywhere. And I I can tell you
0: how I would get there. All right, I don't know places in Hong Kong. I haven't studied its geography.
1: Um, let's... You can just say, like,
0: the airport or... Okay, sure. Yeah, airport, public transport.
1: Okay, actually, you have a few options. Taxi is the first option. There are essentially infinite options, but you could either make your way to the central station and then you hop on an airport express train actually you could check your bags at
0: the central station
1: mm-hmm. which i thought was really cool that's cool never never really used it but
0: the whole system's it's intertwined really with the nice, system is yeah. a really nice transport
1: system yeah a really nice feature to have or i could walk 5 minutes down to the main street and there'd be an airport bus that comes every I think, 20 minutes. Right. But yeah, You get the point. There's public transport everywhere and there are a lot of choices. You don't even have to care about the timetable because they're so frequent.
0: Yeah. And, well, you know, we won't touch on this too much in this episode because I think we'll have a transport episode kind of dedicated to this kind of thing. But, yeah, there was a massive difference in public transport. Going to the US, there was none compared to New Zealand having quite a bit compared to that. And then Hong Kong is in a different league. Hong so Kong New is... Zealand.
1: Um, Owning a car is a very big hassle in Hong Kong. Right, whereas in New Zealand you
0: have to own a car. Depends where you live, but
1: in Tennessee, don't get me started.
0: Yeah, to be fair though, New Zealand is a much bigger country to Hong Kong in terms of size, and so to get places you do need a car more often, whereas Hong Kong is smaller, it's easier to implement public transport from an infrastructure standpoint. You
1: you don't compare New Zealand as a whole, you compare Auckland, and Auckland is much less dense. Yes. So, I, I am I'm pretty lucky to live next to such big tra- bus interchange. Right. And I'm kind of used to
0: the New Zealand way of living. And obviously, it's going to get bigger once they're finished. They're I bought the end of the busway out here yeah, in East Auckland.
1: I, let's say that day, I was coming from Swanson.
0: Just to give some context, this is talking about a, a, a train challenge that Matthew did, where he went and visited every station in Auckland. Managed to do it quite quickly, although didn't do the the northern busway section. Maybe that's a challenge for another time. So what I knew was
1: the 70 was really frequent every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes is really, really frequent for New Zealand, but in Hong Kong, it's a joke. Every 10 minutes for one bus is not an issue, but you have multiple buses going in the same direction. Right. So I... Hopped off the train at Newmarket, I saw an Oni Line train about to arrive at Newmarket, so I hopped on that because of, my, because of my insider knowledge, I knew I would get there quicker. So I hopped off at Ellerslie, and I, I was at the really back, at the backmost door. So that would get me a quick, very quick getaway. Well, that's, that's my Hong Kong skills, so putting my Hong Kong skills to practice. Right being at the exact door that gives the quickest getaway. So I got off at Owlsley, tapped my card, and then crossed the bridge, and then I saw a bus on the other side of the bridge. And I knew that was a 70, so I just sprinted all the way to the other side of the town centre. To, because the bus stop is, like, stupidly placed at the other side of the town centre. I had to sprint all the way across the town centre and across the road to the bus stop. But I mm. got on. But in reality, I could have could have just waited the 10 minutes. But because of my little brain, I didn't want to just stand there for 10 minutes. Actually, 10 minutes is pretty short for a wait.
0: So, yeah, that's the public transport kind of situation that we, we face. We could talk about it for ages, and we probably will come back to it a bit later. One of the other culture shocks that we have, and this is quite an obvious one, is accents. Uh, Matthew, do you want to start?
1: What is the pop-up? What... What problem?
0: Brian problem. <laughs> if any of you are listening in Hong Kong, you know what that is. But yeah, what, were the, what was the accent difference like for, for you coming to New Zealand?
1: So I, I studied at a school that taught UK curriculum, had a lot of overseas teachers, so I was kind of used to hearing different accents. Right. Like uh, American, uh, British. Yours seems I to be a this... weird mix
0: between American and, and Kiwi.
1: Yeah, well, I, I had this teacher from New Zealand that I remember really well from primary school. Mm-hmm. She was on the news for, like, being stuck in Hong Kong because of the situation on New Zealand news. But Right. Going back on track. Coming to New Zealand, I just thought everyone sounded like her.
0: Right. It was so weird. Whenever I called like, my American friends and I moved back, they were just like, oh my gosh, it's weird to hear a whole lot of other Jadens. So yeah, that, it was very, very similar reaction. It was quite
1: easy for me to get a hang of the New Zealand accent, but I would just get the vowels. The vowels are pretty hard, so, which makes me sound Australian.
0: Right. Yeah, the, the, the New Zealand accent is, is strange. It is very unique. <laughs> Although Americans thought I was a Brit, and they actually said I was lying when I said I was from New Zealand. Like no, you're British. Show your passport. Doesn't have it on me. Imagine carrying your passport on you all the time.
1: That's what I do on my birthday, (laughs) so
0: I can get all the free stuff. Right. Well, actually,
1: I could have just carried my expired student ID. That's true. They're pretty chill about it. Like, based on my passport, does it look like me? Right. Not anymore.
0: (laughs) It's just. just Right. Um, At least AI would know it's me. Right. Another uh, thing that is kind of to do with language and etc. is uh, the vocabulary as well, the difference in vocabulary. I think you probably have more of a difference here than I do. So what was that like?
1: So when I arrived here, I was like slittered with terms that I've never heard of, like handball. Never heard of handball. Well,
0: although I, I play For If or? you're listening from the United States, that is Foursquare, that game, if you've ever played that at elementary school or middle school school or wherever you played that, not the Olympic sport.
1: Yeah, I always knew handball is like that sort of football slash
0: soccer, but with your hand. Right. That's interesting.
1: And I, I've never heard of laser tag until That's I came really to That's really interesting. Well, not that Hong Kong did have the, the space for a company to do laser tag. Right. I don't know where to get laser tag in Hong Kong. That's interesting. Whatever is. So, I would be at school and they would announce this Mufti Day. What is Mufti Day? And I will be like, then I had to go search on Google, then, ah, Mufti Day. Ah, that's basically you wear your own clothes. I've always known it as Dress Casual Day, which is a bit more self-explanatory. Right. And then they also said you'd have to donate a gold coin. Like, what is a gold coin? Do we have to, like, bring gold or just? How much is the gold coin like Is How much do we have to pay? Like, what? Mm. I was so confused. I mean, when I had just had to physically message a friend that that explained, i oh, just
0: bring one or two dollars. Yeah, that's really interesting.
1: And then netball. I have never heard of netball until I came.
0: Yeah, neither had any of the Americans I talked to. I was like, do you know what netball is? And they're like, no, no, I don't know what netball is.
1: Like, I... Sorry to some people who are listening, but I thought netball was tennis. <laughs> really? Yes, because netball. And because if you translate tennis into Chinese, it's literally netball. So um, Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, is, that is kind of crazy. Some of the words that I had to learn, I, you know, one of the big ones was fixings. Like on a burger, salads and things, they call them fixings. Or, what? Or fixings. In, uh, in my terrible Southern impersonation. I I can do a Southern impersonation if I try, but I'm not trying I, at the moment. I always,
1: I've always known them as, like, side dishes or whatever. Yeah. Sides.
0: Like, well, they're not size, they're toppings. Or and accompaniments. Things. Salads on your burgers. But yeah, they, they call them fixings. Like you mean
1: salads in the burger? Yeah, or on salads the side.
0: salads on the burger, your toppings on the burger. And they call them fixings. And I actually think it's a, now looking back at it, it's a great word because in New Zealand, we have salads and sauces, fixings. It's just one word to describe them all. And yeah, it's, that's a good word. Uh, obviously, I had to learn about biscuits and some of the other terminology that they use there. The way they did grades, that's not really a vocabulary thing, but you know, understanding the, kind of the structure behind that too, that was interesting. And Ah, um, yes. During
1: Chinese New Year, my parents slash relatives would always want me uh, to get A in everything, because A is the highest, but here in New Zealand,
0: yeah, yeah, it's just a pass. A is just a, just a pass. It's the lowest of the passable grades. And oh yeah, a teacher it's not achieved.
1: A teacher, my son, you get E for everything. E is fail. It's the fifth.
0: <laughs> Whereas, yeah. He, he is only
1: get one A.
0: New Zealand E is excellence. E in America doesn't exist. There's this comedian, John Crist, who was talking about the fact that in America, they skip from A, B, C, D to F. To ensure the parents and the child that they knew that they had failed, it's it's quite sad, really.
1: Should be just Z, A, B, C, D, and then Z,
0: lowest. For me, it was less so learning vocabulary and the U.S. and more having to teach other people our vocabulary. Like no one knew what a sausage sizzle was. They, <laughs> I talked about. Oh yeah, you have like a sausage. Like, like you a would German casually sausage. bring up.
1: You'd casually bring up some words and they would not understand. Yeah.
0: Have to explain. Like, I, I talked about sausage sizzles and it'd be like, oh, yeah, it's the kind of a food thing. He's like, what on earth is that? And I was like, oh, it's yeah, sausage and bread. So I was like, is that a hot dog? No, it's like those bigger German sausages and in white bread. And they're like, that is that is a sin. That is not right. So I had to convince, just convincing to see if people could tolerate the idea of a sausage sizzle. And then pies and things, they would like, oh, my gosh you've you've got these dessert pies and you've got meat pies why why on earth would you put meat in a pie like ask the british that's that's not my like problem in like a
1: mcdonald's apple pie don't yeah. think oh you put meat in a mcdonald's apple pie
0: what it's mad some of the vocabulary differences it, you know again i didn't have to learn much but i had to teach quite a lot one of the um yeah. kiwi terms that people really didn't understand was sweet as that's sweet a s like oh yeah that's that's great yeah and some that, people would get confused yeah they did my grandfather who lived in the u.s sponsored us and then moved back to new zealand he had a situation where he said sweet as to a female walmart oh, counter. that's so awkward and she said excuse me um uh, that you know trying to impersonate that but that that was quite funny. People think you're saying something else there, which is very, very funny. In New Zealand, it's just it's everyone just says just that everywhere. If an American came to New Zealand, they'd ah, be like, Oh as. my goodness, what are you saying? Why is everyone saying this? Uh, but yeah. Ah, you, sweet as. Ah, cool. You have some stories about Lynch. Kiwi slang yourself, though, don't you?
1: I didn't understand a lot of
0: Kiwi. I
1: didn't understand English, actually. I I felt like, oh, the English is like, it's not the same. I would learn... If, you, if people greet each other they'd go like hello how are you and you would reply with i'm fine thank you and you learning english but then i came to new zealand and people would greet each other with like sup and i would be like what but then i just had to get used to it get used to all the moldy terminology like the Māori words twingled. as well. Twangled. That's another Māori thing. Māori terminology yeah. twingled in every sentence.
0: Yeah, not terminology, just words. Having to learn Māori words, having not being exposed to them at a young age. Because in New Zealand, we're, you know, we're taught Māori words and stuff in school, and uh, it's just, you know, there is second nature. Um,
1: uh, I'm surprised I've learned the Māori pronunciation pretty quickly. Just... Yeah, I mean, if you're dedicated to
0: it, it's, it's okay. Although, you know, some people can be lazier about it than others. <laughs> yeah, um, I could be pretty dedicated. I watched a video,
1: a video by this YouTube channel called Not Even French, where she just talks like a hundred Kiwi slang, and I just had to sort of memorize them all. And then, ah, okay, I'm good. Then I just went out and about in the world.
0: Yeah, it is an awkward thing when people try to greet you differently. Like When I came back, people were doing these strange handshakes that had weaved its way into culture and I had no handshakes. idea what's going on. I'm like, oh, um, my goodness. Well, Because New Zealand was COVID-free at the time, people were doing handshakes.
1: Like, it's awkward when people greet me in New Zealand. They are, they'll go like, hey, Matthew, or Matthew, haven't seen you in a while. And do I go in for a hug or a handshake? or <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's do I... weird. Understanding what to do. I found that when I came back, you know, as I said before as well. Like,
1: maybe it's just because most, when people greet me mostly, it's just like the same people. Right. It's like, it's not like people would actually come greet me. It's unless you haven't seen them in a while. So I don't have a lot of experience on this in Hong Kong because I just wouldn't get greeted.
0: But you just go about your business.
1: You just go.
0: Yeah, right. The, the the restaurant waiters tell you, order faster. That's not a greeting. They just tell you order faster. That's interesting. As, as we had yeah. mentioned earlier.
1: you order the faster. There are so many people waiting in line.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about when you were in the US? How would people greet you? Same as New Zealand. Except for the handshakes and the other things, I had no idea what I was doing sometimes. I, I'd be confused about, you know, what, certain greetings meant or etc but it, it was overall similar to new zealand and it was easier to get a hang of things whereas you know you yeah. didn't even have, have the greetings at all in the first place i found that quite interesting it was pretty hard to get used to like new zealand greetings like yeah well folks we could go on for ages on some of this stuff and we had a lot more planned but those could honestly be separate episodes on their own we
1: we've only gone through about half of the points yeah and-
0: it's already this Over long. an hour. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. But we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We hope that you've lear- learned something maybe about living life abroad. And, and we're going to get into a lot more of this stuff later as well into, into future episodes. But for now, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Foreign Exchange Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at foreign exchange podcast and join our community discord server at the link in the bio on our instagram page we'll see you on the next episode